Welcome to Friends at Film Camp, the podcast where two friends gab by the fire about our fun film perspectives. I'm Jillian. And I'm Luke. And today we're talking about Luca. Luca is a 2021 Disney film released uh, on Disney Plus through Pixar. Uh, it's directed by someone with a very Italian name Ooh. that I'm probably going to butcher, but let's try it. Uh, Enrico Casaro or Ca- Casarias. That's probably very wrong. Mm-hmm. I apologize to the director. So yeah, the film stars Jacob Tremblay and Jack Dylan Grazer as sea monsters exploring a southern Italian town. So, uh, what did you think of it? I loved it, and I was not expecting to. I thought it was kind of just going to be like, um, I didn't think it was going to be bad, because most Pixar movies are like, at, they're at least average, you know, like they're an enjoyable time, even if you're not like obsessed with them. Um, but, okay, as soon as the, uh, gay stuff kicked in, I was enthralled, because once that became a theme, everything, I saw everything through the allegory that, like, it was sea monsters for being gay, basically, and that made me so emotional about everything that was happening, like, way more so than I would have been if it was just sea monsters, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, at the beginning... is a very... Unexpectedly so, from the start, but it's this is a very gay film. So gay! It's... And I was shocked. You didn't warn me, first of all. <laughs> I was not emotionally prepared. And I, like, googled it, and everyone seemed to be in consensus that even though, like, I, it's not confirmed, but also they're really young kids, so it's, like, also... It's well, they're like... not that young. Like, they're, they're young enough that it's not, like, an explicitly gay film. Yeah. Like, they don't do anything how, in that regard. How old but are they? They're like supposed... thirteen and fourteen. Thirteen and fourteen. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess you're right. But um, but yeah, I even. saw it as not like explicitly gay. Like it, this is not like Call Me by Your Name or something where Wait, it's like, no. oh my, okay, like I'm an so adult subject. It's like a young romance film, like one of those kid films where they meet a neighbor who's a little wild and like yeah. the little girl's reserved and he's adventurous. It's a coming and then of they age. go on adventures together. Except they're just both boys, and they're both like such devoted to each other. It's a coming of age gay love story, basically. Um, I'm so glad you brought up "Call Me by Your Name" because I kept thinking that this is like "Call Me by Your Name" but for kids. Like it's in I don't know when it's the time is based, but "Call Me by Your Name" is in the Italian countryside in the eighties. Uh, it is a coming-of-age story, and there's, like, a tragic departing on the train. Like, there's so many parallels, it's kind of wild. Um, I've never seen Call Me By Your Name, so it's just, like, from what I know of it, because, not to flex, but even before the allegations come out, I've never been a fan of Army Hammer, uh, unless he was in a role that was literally, like, douchey rich white dude who was an asshole then i'm like yeah i can believe that any other role i'm just not into him um i can confirm this when we watch the social network and the whole time any 
Army Hammer was on. She's like, this is really the only type of role that I don't hate Army Hammer in. It's like a rich ass. Yeah, I just don't buy him in any other role. So him and uh, Timothy Chalamet, I was like completely uninterested in them together. So I never saw the film. Um, but I've heard a decent amount about, about it. And I think it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they did that on purpose, but the parallels are extremely interesting to me. Yes, it's, uh, it's so uniquely, a unique perspective on young male bonding, like such strong devotion in young male bonding. Well, there's a lot of like, I, I mean, it is all subtext, but it's also very close to the surface, um, so much so that it's even iffy to call it subtext. Like it's, it is, I guess it is, it is something that you need to read, right? I'm queer. And so I automatically read things. <laughs> I'm automatically always looking for like queer subtext. So if you were like, I don't know, not, there's a, a whole group of people who just like are still very heteronormative and they aren't thinking gay at all. <laughs> so if you weren't thinking gay, you could disregard everything for just friends, which isn't the end of the world. But from my perspective, there was so much uh, physicality and um, like s- subtleness that was like inherently romantic from my perspective. Yeah, this is a... Again, definitely because it's a children's film, so they don't really focus on that. But this is about as explicit they could go in a uh, male-male relationship for kids without them just saying Without having them, like, kiss. So they don't... Again, it's not direct that they say the words or anything. But, like, this is a young love story yes it totally is and it's it it's done in a way that i am disappointed in disney with how much they want to say that they have their first gay character but they never ever ever commit so because it's like disney i'm like i mean you could have committed you know but that being said i i don't find the representation in this film like at all offensive or like queer baby because it feels very genuine even though there is that like subtextual element which can get frustrating as a queer person that like you kind of have to read everything in subtext so much of the time um but how uh a lot in this film feels very like authentic and almost like pure and like knowledgeable like it almost I don't I don't know any of the filmmakers I don't know how any of the filmmakers identify but there does feel to there feels like there's like an an implicit knowledge if that makes sense do you know what I mean I don't know if I think I know what you mean I don't know if they there was an intent for that yeah I think that they just wanted uh that type of strong relationship. So you don't think there was an intent for it to be romantic? I I don't think that there was a explicit intent by the director. That's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if everyone had the intent, 
But for me, it comes across that at least some people in the making of the movie had that intent. Otherwise, I don't think it would come across as strongly as I found it did. Let's start with the plot. And particularly the opening scene where a Luca, a timid sea monster living off an Italian coast, is herding his family's goat fish back and forth while being fascinated but terrified of the humans above him. Yeah, so the the goatfish are a really cute idea. Uh, That was a cute way to start the film. I personally have always been obsessed with mermaids, and while they aren't mermaids in this, the vibe is similar, Um, so I was immediately interested but I was actually a little annoyed with the beginning of the film because it was so similar to um, The Little Mermaid. But I was Thank like, you. I was like, this is, Thank a, you. this is a lot. Like, this is a lot the same. They're even, and I assume this was on purpose, but there's like a rock where he hangs out with his little farm fish. And it looks like the rock from The Little Mermaid, like when she's singing uh, Under the Sea. I, yes, this whole opening scene, basically from him starting at the start to when he runs away. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is just Pixar remaking The Little, the little Mermaid, Mermaid. But with the, like, with boys. Yeah. But okay. I was... That's, I, I was just like, I thought Pixar wasn't going to do that. Yeah. It changes. And it, changes it wasn't quickly. bad. It wasn't poorly done. It was just... Was just the Little Mermaid again. Yeah, so I was annoyed in the beginning, but I was relieved that they quickly moved on from that. Like he he finds a few stuff from that had fallen off a boat, and he's like interested, and you can tell that he's interested in the surface, and his parents are protective, and they don't want him to go to the surface because they think it's dangerous. So they do the classic sort of like kids movie overprotective stuff that makes you want to go do it more because now you're like forbidden to do it anyway um which also has so much um allegory potential with like being queer and like your parents this movie being has worried. a lot of allegory potential. oh it's so good it's, it's so very allegory oh heavy. it's so scrumptious i loved it like with like your parents being like oh we, we love you but we are like worried you know we don't want you to be hurt like so very similar stuff um anyway i was very pleased with how quickly i was worried they were gonna stretch out the like him wanting to go to the surface, but the parents wouldn't let them. Like, that's very Little Mermaid. But they actually moved on from that really quickly, which is once he meets, um... (laughs) What is his name? Alberto. Alberto. (laughs) Alberto is literally my favorite character. I don't know why I can't remember his name. I keep wanting to say Allegro, which is They do kind of a poor job introducing his name. Yeah, they, they don't really give you time to learn it, which I did notice while watching. I'm like, I don't really know his name because they didn't really they they told me, but yeah, they didn't do a good job telling me. Anyway, I love Alberto; he's my favorite character. But we meet him pretty quickly, and once we meet him, is really when the film changes vibes from Little Mermaid. Um, and for me, it's like when it kicked off. It was like I went from being like, okay, this is kind of annoying; they're just redoing Little Mermaid, to being like. No, they aren't anymore. 
now I we're... kind of disagree with you on your timing. Oh, okay. How so? I when we meet Alberto, I still <laughs> felt Little Mermaid because they were still like just going <gasps> human world. It's so cool yeah. and stuff. And no, I was like, you're That's right. You're right. Mermaid-y. There's a very similar. It was when the parents said we're going to be sending you to, to the bottom, the of, the bottom of the ocean, and uh, here's your creepy uncle. Played by Sasha Baron Cohen, which I didn't expect. And I don't know how and why he did that. Again, complete fucking allegory to like, uh, uh, conversion camps. Like, complete fucking parallels there. Anyway. Which, by the way, side note for Canadian politics, I'm mad that the government has not got that passed. Got what passed? That you. They just. The House of Commons just passed a law banning conversion therapy for kids. Ow. Yeah. And I was like, yay. But then the Senate just stopped it. What? Yeah. That's fucked. So it might not happen anymore. Who knows? Uh, that's so stupid. Sorry. Um, but no, you're right. You're right. I wasn't actually, I, I think I misspoke because you're totally right in that at the beginning, especially with Luca trying to like walk and get out of the water, very aerial with her legs and like the seaweed, you know. Uh, but I, I think I was thinking more once they go to, um, Alberto's house and start, like, being really close and trying to build fake Vespas and stuff. I thought it was when they, I really strongly feel that it ta- it changes its path when he runs away and moves to the human town. Yeah. Okay. Because, I, for like, me, when it changes he does before that, then. That's when they, like, get, well, they were obsessed with a Vespa before. Yeah. But they get, like. They want to win a race now because uh, they had they get a prize money for if they win the race and they get a Vespa yeah. and they meet this little girl uh, in the town. Well, not this little girl. Well, this girl who's their age. Uh, we can't. Julia. We, I don't want to skip over them. They're they're growing closer together though, because that's when it like that's when the queer undertones really settles in. Um, Are you talking? Well, what did you think of those scenes with the two of them first bonding? I loved them. I thought they were so cute. And it is part of literally their plan in getting a Vespa, which is just because um, Alberto had a <laughs> a poster of a Vespa. And there's a really cute theme throughout that uh, Alberto's been living on this island by himself and he has very limited contact with humans, but way more contact than Luca has. So Alberto takes the information he has and often misinterprets it. Uh, but then he tells Luca and so then they both think this like completely wrong thing. So anyway, they have an ad for Vespa, which says like, like Vespas are the best thing ever in the whole world because you know, that's what ads say. And so they're like, wow, it's true. <laughs> If we have a Vespa, everything will be fantastic. But the reason they want a Vespa so bad is so they can fucking, like, travel the world together and, like, only be the two of them. And it's so cute. There's that cute montage of them, like, flying over the ocean yeah. with their Vespas. And they're, like, they're, no, it's one Vespa. They share the Vespa. And they, like, hold each other's shoulders when they watch the sunset. Ooh, and uh, what is it that Luca keeps saying that, like, banishes your fears? Like, no Silencio beneath- Bruno. Silencio Bruno. That's also so cute. Yes, I thought it was so cute. Uh, yes. 
It's so So Luca's very, he's like timid. He's normally a rule follower. This is like the first time he's kind of broken rules. And then Alberto, in comparison, is kind of more of a brash character. He's like kind of more free, but also has more issues, as we find out later, which kind of explains him being a little more like... I do what I want all the time. He's, like, one of those movie characters. And they're very uh, cute together and what they, like, bring out in the other person. Okay. This is not related to that. Uh-huh. But it is. But I have found a quote on the article for the Gay Times. Yeah. I have found a quote from the director in response to everyone saying that they are, like, these two are in love. Yeah. Uh, the director says, quote, I love Luca's movie and he's such a talent, but it truly goes without saying that we really willfully went for a prepubescent story. This is about a platonic friendship. Okay. Well, he's wrong, obviously. So. <laughs> like, I understand he, he would look bad if he compared it to it, because, like, if that's an adult movie and this is the kid's one. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's wrong. This is a, a love story. He doesn't it doesn't matter what he thinks about it. It yeah. is No, completely death of the author situation. It's like, okay, I maybe you didn't mean to make a gay love story, but that's what you made and you need to accept that. That's like calling the fault in our stars a story about not a, not a story about being sick. Yeah. It's like kinda the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, okay, so, Alberta and Luca have made friends. Luca has been running away from his farm duties. He, like, built a little statue of himself and told the fish that the statue was in charge, and the fish are not very smart, so that's been working surprisingly well for him. So, um, Alberto and Luca have been, like, um, bonding, uh, Alberto lives on this island by himself in sort of this, like, dilapidated tower that's very cute. I love dilapidated places, and I was like, oh, yes. Uh, so they keep making these, like, fake Vespas out of, like, trash, and then they ride them down this hill, and they always fall apart because they're just kids making, trying to make a Vespa out of trash. Um, when... Luca's parents find out, which we kind of talked about before, and they are very concerned about Luca's safety, and so they call the dad's uncle, who is uh, one of those fish that live really, really deep underwater, and they plan to send him away to the bottom of the ocean so that he, like, can't, he doesn't have any way to go to the surface anymore. Uh, yes, and I liked how the parents... They don't dwell on the fact that he's sneaking away and the parents don't figure it out. They, like, figure it out very quickly. Yeah. Because it's not a very good plan. Yeah. I'm just going to go over here and put rocks and no one will notice. Which I like that they quickly figure it out. Yeah. And then they don't dwell on the whole you can't leave thing. They, like, you're leaving tonight. And then he runs away. Yeah. He runs away and he goes to Alberto and... (laughs) basically tells him the whole situation, which I also love. I feel like a lot of plot points in these movies are often, like, miscommunication or, like, 
Luca would like go to him and be like, oh, we have to go over here, but like, I'm not going to tell you why. And then there'll be like this weird secret between them, which I love that none of that happens. He's just like, my parents want to send me away. And like, I don't want to leave you. Like, I don't want to be banished to the bottom of the ocean. And Alberto's like, okay, let's go hide in the human town because they won't look for us there. Which again is kind of like based on nothing. Like, (laughs) Alberto, like part of his character is he pretends that he knows more than he does or he likes to be seen as the knowledgeable one between him and Luca because he does know more but still what he knows isn't very good so he's completely wrong that his parents won't go look for him in town that's literally the first place they go look uh but it makes sense from like his perspective and seeing as they're like teenagers uh, from their perspective, it, it makes total sense that they would run to the town that's very close. Yes, exactly. It's like a foolproof plan yeah. in their minds, and it's like such yeah. a not foolproof plan. Yeah, it's like, obviously that's the first place they would look. Like, the human town's literally all they've been talking about. Um, so, it's a very silly plan, but it makes sense. Um, so yeah, they go to this town, and it's the first time they're really interacting with humans on like a major level. I don't think I don't think we've ever spoken about this. Uh, but they basically how it works is when they're wet or they're in water, they immediately kind of turn into their 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 fish beings and when they're dry, they just look like a human. So um, And it's not very hard to get dry in no. this world. Like it's it it gives them there's like a decent amount of leeway. It goes it happens pretty quickly too. It's not like a dramatic like werewolf transformation or anything. Um so they go to this town. There's this really funny gag that they do a few times where <laughs> What is the line? They see this this fisherman yell to another boat like what are you doing stupido or something? Yeah, uh Anyway, it's because they're mad at the other boat because the other boat drives really near them. But they see this and they're like, oh, that's what humans say to other humans. Uh, So (laughs) they go around and are confidently just calling people stupid for no reason, which gets them varying reactions, which I also liked because it showed the difference in the characters in which Alberto is so confident in his interpretation of this phrase he doesn't realize that it's a bad thing to say to people, whereas Luca, after the first time he says it and he gets a bad reaction, kind of figures out that maybe that's not what they think it is, and he actually, like, silences Alberto from saying it when he tries to say it, say it to the girl's father one time. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> Which I think it was, it's that like, was it's a good contrast of kind of Luca being more aware Whereas Alberto's more confident to, like, a fault. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and then they run into Julia after they have an encounter with some of the local bullies, who you'll get to later. There's this guy who comes in on, on an amazing Vespa, so obviously they're, like, obsessed. And they're like, oh my goodness, they think he's Mr. Vespa, like, the guy who <laughs> makes Vespas. Uh... And, um, so they think his Vespa's super cool, but the guy 
has been winning races in that happen in this town every year for like many years and he's an asshole he's like he reminded me of he was kind of a weird villain in that he reminded me so much of um that villain from despicable me of all things oh right you mean the orange jumpsuit yeah don't they have similar vibes yeah i just thought that he was just very weasley yeah and Luca's burn on him later, unintentional. Yeah. Where he's like, you look like a catfish because they're bottom feeders and they have awful whiskers like you. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, Luca, what a burn. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so this guy with the Vespa is like kind of picking on them and they don't, they're kind of so ignorant to human interaction at this point they aren't like completely aware of what he's saying like they're not like super tuned into how much he's making fun of them at this point if that makes sense um and julia comes over to save them because she has a pre-established rivalry with this guy (laughs) she has the (laughs) pre-existing rivalry with this uh bully catfish guy yeah and so uh she like pulls luca and alberto away and basically she helps set up the race storyline and eventually the three of them and basically the three of them come to the conclusion that uh they should race together because she always races alone and everyone is so mean to her yeah. Because they're like, she throws up every year. And I'm like, yeah, she does the race alone. Yeah, she has to eat a big bowl of spaghetti and then do like a fucking bike. Like, I would throw up too. But I think Why it's. Why on earth is the butt spaghetti in the middle of this race? I know. I, I think it's because you're supposed to have three different people. So then it like wouldn't affect you. And I think part of people making fun of her, she kind of says at one point that she lives there in the summer with her dad and. She lives somewhere else with her mom uh, the rest of the year when she goes to school. So it's, she's kind of seen as like an outsider. So I think maybe part of it is that she has to do it by herself because she like doesn't have friends and people are like making fun of her. I got that. I just felt like the race organizers, especially if they like had a running joke about how this girl throws up every time she does the race. Yeah. They'd be like, you know what, guys, we're just going to switch the biking for the pasta yeah like we're gonna have the pasta come at the end of the race yeah so uh, no they really set it up for you to throw up if you're doing it by yourself yeah. like that's not her fault it's not an unreasonable reaction <laughs> but everyone's so mean to her yeah about it and it's just like it's not her fault calm down everyone on earth yeah so julia kind of explains to them the whole race situation and that you can win money and it was there's like a really cute scene where alberto's like okay if we win this money can we like exchange that for something else like <laughs> they introduced to the concept of money which was really cute uh and um they decide that they're going to do the race so they can get money to get their vespa and they like kind of convince julia that it would be good for them to team up, which even though they're not good at anything, she's like, you guys obviously really want this. Uh, so they decide that they're all going to like work together to try to win this race. 
I was so happy. I like Julia. I like Julia too. So basically, Julia then has to get her dad's approval for the yeah. race. Because they need an the entrance so- fee that her dad has to pay for. Yes. And so uh, they go to dinner, and then it's like fun. And I have written in my notes the best character in the whole film is that cat. The cat is so funny. So midway through the dinner, Luca like does a spit take where he spits a bunch of water on Alberto. So Alberto turns into a fish person and the cat sees this. So the entire rest of the movie, the cat is like trying to attack them. Um, it's really funny. It's a really funny gag. I also, I love Julie. Okay, welcome back. The int- uh not the internet, the universe has punished me for my hubris. Uh because <laughs> I lost the entire second half of the recording that we had previously done. I don't know why, and I just decided that I wasn't gonna do my second recording. So this is gone forever. So <laughs> we've already talked about this stuff. It was great, it was perfect, I was emotional, I was crying. But uh, you guys will never see that. So. Probably one of our best podcast recordings yet. <laughs> and it's just, not, well, my half's not gone. No. My half's still proof, there. There's proof it existed, but it's it's lost to the wind. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to have to start again. Uh, well, not start again. We have to start halfway through, basically. Where my recording left off was we had just gotten to where... Alberto and Luca had met um, Julia and they had decided that they were going to race together. So they went to Julia's house where she lives with her dad. Um, And uh, we were talking about how the cat is funny. (sighs) And then I can't remember if I had talked about this already, but I don't think I did. Um, Julia's dad, I don't know if we ever learn his name, but he uh, just doesn't have an arm. And, um, it, it, when the kids, like, ask him about it, he, he does this joke at first that the sea monsters ate it. Um, and then he's like, no, I was just born without it. And it's very, like, chill. There's not really a reason for him not to have an arm. It's just, like, sometimes people don't have arms. And I really appreciated the, like, kind of subtle disability representation that that provided. Yeah, I liked the dad. I thought he was good. He had a good balance of the strong, manly, uh, blue-collar worker that he needed to be, while also yeah. uh, ensuring he still had like a kind heart of gold. Mm, yeah, they really—that's hard to balance sometimes, and they did a really good yeah. job of it. Yeah, they—they they really did because he. Um, as the film moves on, him and Alberto kind of create this close relationship, and they did a good job having that be believable and having the dad be very likable, but also, like, there is still that tension that he is actively hunting sea monsters, so it's like, there's still the tension that we don't exactly know what he's gonna do if he were to find out. I think that's a very fair description of the situation. I liked the dad's uh, strength, but uh, still emotionalness that's necessary for yeah. like a loving parent. So. so he agrees that he will pay the um, 
the entrance fee for the race so that they can all do it together. But he is basically like, you guys need to help me make the money because I don't have the money right now. And Alberto and Luca are like, oh, yeah, we totally know fish. We'll help you get fish. No worries. So uh, he takes them out on the fishing boat, which is very perilous because they're literally surrounded by water. Um, And there's a really funny joke where they are fishing in like some random spot and they aren't getting that much fish. And Luca is like, oh, well, it's probably because we're over a haunted fish graveyard. (laughs) and and then the dad kind of looks at them weird because that's a very strange thing to say and alberto's like oh no 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 we don't think it's haunted but the fish think it's haunted (laughs) 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 which i just thought was really funny yeah that's a really funny line and i love i just i love alberto recognizing that that was a weird thing to say but also completely misinterpreting what's weird about it um but with the confidence that he normally has, he's like, no, this is this is the weird part. I will fix this situation. So they tell the dad where to go fish instead, and he catches a shit ton of fish. So he's like, yeah, you guys were, you really did know where to find the fish. So he's pretty cool with them now um, and agrees to pay the entrance fee. And then now we have our, like, training segment of the film. Yes. And, uh... They do good training. They, uh... <laughs> what is the sentence? They do good training. <laughs> I, I did think that was funny, but I wasn't going to call you out. <laughs> uh, they do lots of fun <laughs> training montages. Uh, Alberto learns to eat well. Uh, Luca learns how to bike well, and he gets really good at it. And mm-hmm. they just kind of bond together more and more. Uh, especially Luca... And Julia. Well, before we get to that, whilst they're doing this training montage, this is when Luca's parents um, come to town. It's literally the first place they look. Because <laughs> it's the only place to look. Anyway. Uh, so they come to town and then they start doing their shenanigans. Oh, the parents. The parents are really, really funny. They just... Mm-hmm. They're very much like the comic relief of the second half of the film. Is mm-hmm. in their whole thing is they're trying to find Luca, but the only way they can tell what he looks like because they don't know what his human form looks like yeah. is to get him is to get him wet so he'll transform. So they keep uh, tr- splashing children in com- more dramatic the comedic ways. Community. First, they just push a child in a lake. And then the yeah. mom goes like aggressive soccer player and like yeah. kicks the soccer ball at children <laughs> so violently <laughs> yeah, that they get thrown really into hard. water. And the children, they just look like annoyed the whole time above anything else, yeah. which is not the normal reaction. But it's just yeah. funny how much they just want that. Like they want to find him by getting them wet at any cost. And as the film goes on, you can start to see, like, kids running away from them when they, like, show up in places or, like, flinching when they see them. Um, so it's apparent, like, as we've been following uh, Luca and Alberta. <laughs> I just switched the last sounding of their name. <laughs> Luca and Alberta. 
<laughs> Luca and Alberto. Uh, <laughs> as we've been following them, the parents have just been terrorizing the children of this small town. Yes. I think it's just so fun. And then this is when I talked about the uh, animation because I really appreciate how everyone's their their designs are all different. Like they all have really different looking faces, um, and um, I just really appreciate that. But in a few scenes, I found this uh, in a few scenes, like the terrain and the landscape looked too too real like it just looked like a video to me and then we would have these like cartoon characters and it would look kind of weird i was never bothered by that well you said you didn't notice right yeah i never noticed so i wasn't bothered by it (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's fair i only it wasn't every scene for sure i just noticed it a few times and it i prefer my animation to be more stylized than that so it was like kind of weird but it was only in a few scenes so it wasn't like a big deal for the movie. So then, um, as they're training, Alberto and um, Julia's dad have been hanging out a lot because Alberto is helping him with fishing um, and they're kind of creating a bit of like a father-son bond. And um, Luca has been hanging out with Julia and they're talking about um, space mostly because um alberto had told luca that stars and the moon were basically like a big fish and then a bunch of anchovies and um now julia is telling him about like actual stars and such which is like not even not just like a rival for luca's time but also up until this point um alberto had been like the more knowledgeable of the two and kind of like anything he told Luca was like taken at face value. Cause like, uh, I mean, Luca didn't know any better and like he didn't have any other source of information. Um, but now he does. And it's kind of like these two avenues of rival r- rivalry <laughs> for Alberto and Luca and Alberto starts to get really jealous. A very, I thought it was really adorable the way that they uh, show like his anger in that situation as jealousy yeah. because of it. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was really cute. The like and, romance oh, and stuff and how he keeps being like, no, no, no. You're a sea monster. They won't like you. You yeah, have which to has... stay with me. And then eventually he goes so far as to out himself as a sea monster in the hopes of getting Luca back and then yeah. Luca betrays him. Yeah. Not no one's really a good or bad person in this scene. Uh, no. But, it's uh, so much um it's so much allegory for like queerness. And this is one of the first times I cried in the last one cuz uh Alberto is so heartbroken. So he it, yeah, he shows Julia that he's a sea monster because he's kind of, he's, it's, it's not, a, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not a smart move, but it's more of an emotional move to try to get Luca back to, like, show him that the human world won't accept him. So he should stay with um, Alberto. And uh, in Luca kind of makes, like, a very 
uh, shoot, what's the phrase? Like a very sudden decision. And um, instead of kind of siding with Alberto, he points at him and goes, pretends that he didn't know. And he's like, oh, look, a sea monster. Yeah. Um, and everyone around in the town uh, literally starts trying to kill Alberto. And um, Alberto is like crushed, but so is Luca because he feels really bad that he did that. But also all of the reaction to Alberto, he knows is a reaction to him as well. They just don't know yet. The, the forced outing scene. Yeah. Or not the four study. That's the wrong term. It's the uh, queer characters or any character with secret, but particularly queer characters in films when yeah. they're choosing to out together, but then one choose uh, suddenly decides not to after the other one has already done it, forcing yeah. the other one to go it alone. Yeah, and get like all of the backlash by themselves. Yes, which is... Um, uh, just it's like an emotional feeling you see it when you see it because you're just so distraught over mm -hmm. uh, you know the pain that both of them are in and yeah. why each character has done what they did has, has yeah. done what they did yeah <laughs> has done what they've done but you still don't think any of them are right you just think like there's so much pain here yeah it was an absolutely heartbreaking scene. And then... And it's all they done didn't... with characters' faces, really. Like, yeah. that's what most of the storytelling is done in the scene. So yeah. it's really impressive animation on that part. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, so then, um, which I really appreciate... This, this film, again, has a really good pace. And it doesn't drag things out, especially, like miscommunications and stuff that can get really frustrating so when this first happened i was like "Ugh, now we're gonna have to deal with like luca pretending he's not a sea monster and like um alberto being upset and like this whole thing um but none of that happens basically he goes back to julia's place and julia's just like yeah i think you're also a sea monster <laughs> which is so smart because she's like you guys came together you were really close like i don't know how you would not be a sea monster so she just throws water on him and he is a sea monster um so she's like yeah uh cool so you're a sea monster and she's kind of freaked out but not in like a not in like a painful way just in like a it is shocking information um, but she's not, like, rejecting them at all. But she is, like, um, you guys, this is literally, like, a town obsessed with murdering sea monsters. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's just so, like, oh, my gosh. Get out of here. I want you here. But also, everyone wants to kill you. Yeah. So, go away. And then her dad comes home. And it's a really, really, really sweet scene. Oh, it's so cute. Her dad comes home. And he's like, where's Alberto? Because they've been kind of creating a pretty close bond. And they're like, oh, he he left. Um, And her dad immediately, like, turns around and gets his hat on to, like, go look for him. And they're like, I don't think he wants to be found right now. And he's like, I'm just going to I'm gonna go look just in case. And it was so cute and, like, heartbreaking. Yeah, it was like, oh, 
don't hurt me like this, Phil. <laughs> just because he's so, he's just like, meh, just in case. And it's such a little yeah. line, but it shows how much he cares yes, about exactly. the, this child. Like, he sees it as his son. Yeah. So. So, Luca decides almost immediately, he's like, I have to go after Alberto and, like, fix this. And he goes to Alberto's island and finds him there. And it's revealed that below the Vespa porch, uh, poster were a bunch of ticks. And I've seen online, I saw someone count them. There's more than like 300. There's like 350 or something like that. Um, so we find out uh, that Alberto wasn't just like chilling and having the time of his life his his dad actually abandoned him to his own devices basically and he was had been waiting for a really long time for him to come back and like change his mind um which explains his um his his shoot i don't know how to say it his openness to the like kind of strong familial connection he's made with julia's dad and also a lot of his sort of reckless behavior beforehand as and and like emotional reckless behavior if that makes sense because he's basically an abandoned child rather than just like a rascally teen if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you can see it once you find out the abandonment uh, aspect of his character a lot more of his choices go from being uh kind of an obnoxious teenager choice to a yeah terrified to be alone forever choice yes yes that's a really good way to describe it it's really good characterization and also it's kind of an interesting thing because uh he said what his dad said was like you're old enough to be by yourself now which this kid, he's like, what, 14, 15, Alberto? 14, according to the 14. Wikipedia. So I feel like that's a very uh, fish thing. <laughs> like, we haven't established that much world building on, like, how fish people work. But I thought that was an interesting thing. And that's, like, very uncommon for humans to be like, oh, yeah, 14-year-old, you're on your own. But... It, for like fish <laughs> for like fish you you leave your kids very early well, so Luca i kind of seem to be being left what like luca's not being left no i'm not saying it's like a common thing but i don't know maybe that wasn't what they meant to be doing but it i kind think of... that they just meant to say the dad's kind of a bum yeah that's also fair um, either way, Luca's kind of, like, trying to mend stuff with Alberto, and Alberto's kind of beat, he's hurt still, and he's kind of, like, Luca's like, oh, it'll be great, we'll, like, we'll go, we'll get our Vespa, like, everything's fine, and Alberto's, like, kind of moody, and he's like, man, no, it's not, and Luca kind of has this really innocent, <laughs> like, attitude, where he's completely not accepting Alberto's, like, pessimism he's like no no i'm going to fix this i'm gonna go win the race and everything will be perfect um and we'll make up and everything will be great Mm -hmm. yeah they 
I liked how their roles kind of switched around here, where uh, Alberto became the one afraid of losing his friend, so he became uh, too cautious for his own good because he was too afraid to be vulnerable again. Yeah. Because he's afraid he'll lose Luca because he almost lost him before. And Mm -hmm. uh, Luca has become uh, brave to... uh, brave to a fault where he's willing to put himself in direct danger yeah just for his friend yeah exactly so luca goes back and he decides he's going to do the race by himself i don't know why he doesn't do it with julia like i don't know i don't know why he decided that because they could have still done it together but yeah, he decides I, to do it himself. I, it's a little... It could have been explained more in that situation. Uh, I don't know exactly why they did that. But, uh, yeah. They, I'm sure they had a reason. Uh, probably point. just for the drama of it all. Yeah. Um. Well, I think so... it helps in terms of the fact that he's like doing it fully on his own. Because she'd still have to do the first two parts. What do you mean? Because he couldn't swim on her team. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to eat. Yeah, but then that would have made it easier for them to win. Yeah, but she, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It uh, it doesn't really make any sense, but I don't know. He's, he's, he's determined and he's going to win by himself. So it starts with swimming and obviously he can't swim in front of everyone because he's going to turn into a sea monster and they're going to want to murder him. So he uh, goes in this, like, old, um, what are those called? Scuba suit. Ah, uh, yeah. He goes in, like, this old scuba suit, and he, like, walks along the bottom of the surface, which, again, uh, we kind of had an argument last time about whether he ended up swimming or not. I don't think he did. I, I don't think he did. I am very confident that he did. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, well, he might not have swam, but he got wet. Yeah, he did get wet, but that wouldn't have made him faster. I don't know. Anyway, it sets him back a little bit, but not enough for, like, reality. But it's a movie where he has to win the race, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, Then they go to the pasta eating portion of the race. And uh, Julia kind of, like, helps him a little bit because he's not figuring out how to pick it up with his fork uh well enough so she's like showing him how to do it so he can do it a bit faster and then we have the bike riding part which is the important part and it's the one he trained for so he's actually like really good like he's passing everyone going up the hill um and then it starts raining it starts raining and so luca uh quickly bikes under an awning before he is revealed and realizes he can't finish the race. He's decently far ahead at this point, so he's like... He was going to win. Yeah, but he he has enough time to take this pause without losing immediately. But he knows he's not going to win, because rain doesn't stop right away. Yeah. So uh, he's going to lose, and he's all sad. And then, out of nowhere, he sees Alberto climbing up the mountain heroically. With his blue umbrella, a giant blue umbrella to cover him in the race. And it's all exciting. And we're like, he can win. And then Alberto (laughs) trips right away. 
Yeah. But just, and this is the second time I cried. Of the three times, there's one more still. <laughs> but, uh, the... Okay, so Berjo trips, and the umbrella goes flying, and so he turns into a sea monster again, and he's just laying in the middle of the road and Luca like goes he's like goes to help and Alberta's like no stay there and the um it's just uh the allegory for queerness is just like too much he's like uh he's he's sacrificing himself for Luca basically so that like Luca doesn't have to reveal himself and uh it's a lot and luca doesn't even really hesitate he bikes into the rain so that he's also revealed to be a sea monster and he like grabs alberto's hand and like swings him onto the back of his bike and now they're biking down the hill together like towards victory and it's so sweet but the evil dude literally see some and is like i'm gonna straight up murder these two children like right now so they're trying to bike to victory meanwhile this guy is literally like throwing harpoons at them like with fucking intent to kill and he's so violent like he just so violent he he just even if you think they're sea monsters like you just saw them be children like <laughs> You know they're not dangerous at this point. You just really want to murder kids. Yeah. He just really wants to murder them children. So Julia, they're they're right at the bottom of the hill. They've like avoided him a few times. And then Julia, seeing that the guy's gonna throw a harpoon at them again, purposely crashes her bike into them him so that they both crash onto the ground. And unbeknownst to uh Luca and Alberto, who have just crossed the finish line, but they don't know that. Yeah. Uh, they stop and they run over to help Julia, and yeah. uh, everyone that because of that they get all they get all trapped. <laughs> yeah, they're like surrounded by everyone now. Basically, they're trapped and they can't get out of it. And everyone's like, "Okay, now we have to kill you because you're monsters." And yeah. then uh, Julia's dad comes in. Yeah, and it's a very emotional scene again because of the the fucking allegory don't take a shot every time i say allegory uh but (laughs) he comes in and he's like no like i know who they are they're kids or i don't remember exactly what he says but he accepts them as the boys who he's been um taking care of uh and like completely accepts them for who they are and like defends them from everyone and like convinces everyone to like not murder them how generous of him i know (laughs) um so yeah and then there's kind of like conversation of like oh did they win and then they're like yeah they did win and then they're like okay but they're sea monsters are we gonna let sea monsters win and then everyone's just like yeah yeah we are (laughs) it's it's a pretty quick turnaround but like it works for this movie in particular yes um and then there's a really cute scene where like uh luca's parents who were watching the race because they like saw him 
um, they kind of reveal themselves to also be fish people. And then these two old ladies who we've always seen together um, throughout the movie take off their scarves and turn into fish people in the rain, which is like uh old lesbian couple who's just been like hanging out. Um, just more gay stuff. It's great. So uh, they buy their Vespa that they were going to get, which is like this crappy, rusty Vespa but that they're they, going to like try to fix up. But they love it so much. Yeah, and Julia's getting ready to, she has to go on the train to go back to school where she lives with her mom. So Luca came Um, to the station with her and everyone to say goodbye, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, Alberta hands him a ticket and is like, you get to go to school too, I sold the Vespa, now you can go to school, and I get to stay here and have a dad for a bit. He convinced he convinced Luca's parents to let him go. Um, yeah, and he sold the Vespa, basically sacrificing his dream so that Luca could go to school. Um, yeah, and then Julia's mom said, like, hey, you can stay here help and help me, and he decides he's going to do that. Uh, so then we have this fucking tragic, uh, tragic scene, because, like, Luca, at first, he's like, oh, are you coming? And then Alberta's like, no and he like explains everything so they have to be like separated like really suddenly and like no one's emotionally prepared for it and they're like holding hands as the train is pulling away and then their hands like separate uh and like alberto still like chasing after him and then luca's like crying in the rain it's like a lot yeah and this was the third time i cried <laughs> a lot and it just kind of is so much it's so romantic too. It's like so... the fact that this, I can't believe that the director didn't do it on purpose. It doesn't make any sense. Like there, the train's going away, and he's running after after he just sold his Vespa, so this his uh, his air brackets friend could yeah like, live have his dream. Like yeah. come on, that. If these two weren't the same sex, everyone would be like, this is the cutest romance story that there's ever been. This is literally, like, the chasing after the train and the hand-holding. Like, that's literally in so many romantic comedies. Like, that's a classic romance scene. Like, talking about film language, like, that's established. Do you know what I mean? You can't just, like, use that and be like, oh, but it's not romantic this time. Because they're just butts. Like, oh, it's so romantic. And then also, there's a scene slightly before this when they're at Julia's dad's house after everything has been revealed and Luca's parents are talking. They're like, oh, like, not everyone is going to accept him, but um, he seems to be good at finding people who will, which is literally just about being gay. Yes. Like, I don't know like, that's how all, you can interpret that anywhere else. All that means. Like, I don't know how you do that by accident. Agreed. It's shocking. It's so romantic and so cute. And I'm so glad that it's not, like, it's very, very sad in the moment, especially when you're a kid. Like, a school year feels like eternity. But it's like, he's gonna come back. Like, especially for the summer, you know? So it's like, you know they're gonna see each other again. They're not being separated for forever. It's just, like, for a bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just heartbreaking. You just see it, and you just go, oh, they're leaving, but it's heartbreaking in, like, a beautiful way, because they're gonna yes. be back together eventually. It's heartbreaking, and it's also heartwarming. Especially with 
Alberto, like, this is such a gesture of love. Like, this is such a selfless thing that he's done. And it's such um, growth because... It's such growth. Like, he was so afraid to lose someone before, and now he's willingly letting them go. He's yeah. not even willingly letting them go. He's helping to push them the way the path they want to go down exactly it was exactly the like if you love someone let them go like luca wanted to go do this thing not because he wanted to leave because he wanted to you know do something that would progress his life and alberto wanted to keep him so that he would never leave like regardless of what he wanted and now he's like grown from that and like accepting um that like Luca needs to leave for himself. Exactly. It's so deep. This movie was like uh, <laughs> This movie's a lot. The the, the uh the queer stuff just murders me. It's so it's so like genuine and layered. We were talking about this before in our lost recording. <laughs> lost to the ether. Uh that it's I somebody somebody in the creation of this movie had to know what was going on if it wasn't the director they had to because like as a queer person there's so much there's so much in this that feels like authentic like if straight people can make good queer content they can but there is something there there's something in like the little details that I find in in like queer made stuff that this one like feels like it has a lot of that. You wanna do so final, final thoughts? thoughts? Um I loved Luca way more than I was expecting to. Um I find it extremely layered with the queer reading. We have talked a lot about how uh, while it's extremely like obvious and prevalent to me, like it is possible you could watch the film without the queer reading, um, and I don't, it wouldn't be as affecting to me because I'm queer, so the queer reading affects me far more than being a sea monster because I've never been a sea monster. Uh, <laughs> so I find that adds so much to the movie and like so many like layers and levels of enjoyment and emotionality. Um, yeah, so I am fucking, it's my favorite Disney movie I've seen in a very long time from, like, I I can't remember the last one I liked more than this one. Hmm. I'm glad you liked it so much. Yeah. <laughs> we almost did get to this film, too. I know, we, we pushed it off because we were going to do Inside. You didn't want to watch it that much. You wanted to watch I, Inside. I didn't know it was gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how i'll convince you to watch everything from now on i'll be like i've heard that there's a queer reading and it'll be like adam sandler's new stand-up special no i am never watching an adam sandler movie i know i don't like Adam. well eh, there's one i want to watch but it's his uh, drama film okay so yeah i really liked luca i thought it was a great film it had great acting especially by jacob tremblay and jack dylan grazer as the mm -hmm. two lead characters and i really recommend you see it yeah it was really good way better than i was expecting so thank you all for joining us at film camp this week and we'll see you next time at the campfire There won't be a podcast episode next week because I'm going to be away camping. 
the irony of that is not lost on me. We'll see you in another week. Bye.